Welcome to Rama for Today. I said just quietly to myself, there's other people in the room, Lord, do you want me to curse this death and command it to go, and this disease, sickness and physical condition command it to be made well? I'll just, uh, I, I think I'll just do it. I believe I'll just do it. And immediately the Lord said to me, no, don't do it. And he began to, you know, notice this text said, he said, let us plead together. Now you talk to him, but he'll talk to you. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Today you'll hear more from Kenneth E. Hagan on his teaching, The Prayer Series, Volume 6, on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. Third, I said he has an influence for good in my town, my city. I've talked to the businessmen, practically every one of them in the city. They have more confidence in him than all the rest of the men put together. If I need him in our church, in our town, he has more influence for good than all the rest of the men and, and businessmen in our city. I have more confidence in him than they do all the rest of the men in my church put together. I knew that. I knew that. I need him. Fifth, I said he gives 20% of his income into the church. Never less than 20%, most of the time 25% of his income into the church. And uh, if, if we take that out, we're almost bankrupt. Because we're just getting by as it is. Oh, I know you can meet any need, but your ways of meeting need is through men. Are you hearing me? God's not going to rain money down from heaven. He's not a counterfeiter. He's not going to start counterfeiting money and just start it raining down from heaven. Did you hear me? God's way of doing things is through men. You know, Jesus said, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shake together, run it over. Shall men give unto your bosom? Is that what he said? Shall men give? And so I said, I need him. If I need him, you need him. We need him. If we need him, you need him. This isn't my church. We are the body of Christ. You're the head. What the body needs, the head needs. Are you hearing me? Amen. You know, after all, Paul used that illustration of the human body. Christ is the head. We are the body. Now, if my head needs this right hand, the rest of my body needs this right hand. If my head needs that thumb, then all the rest of the body needs that thumb. And if my body needs that thumb, then my head needs that thumb. And so I said, Lord, we need him. My church needs him. And what we need, you need. And so I'm not going to let him die. Besides that, I said, death is of the enemy. Is it of the devil? Death is an enemy. It's not of God. Death is the last enemy that shall be put underfoot, the Bible said. Now, uh, I realize this, that God has taken the sting out of death for us. But I said, I, I rebuke death, and I commanded to leave his body in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Well, I went back into the room. Brother Haynes is breathing good. He's still on the oxygen tent, but his color looks good. The nurse is reading the magazine. I sat down. When I got still, I got sleepy again, fell off to sleep dozed off a second time and she awakened me she moved about and I thought my I've gone to sleep and let the devil come in here and take him and he's died on my hand when I first looked at it and I got up went through the same procedure again argued my case the same way 
And we did that the third time. And uh, then he rested well. The next morning at 8 o'clock, the doctor came in the room. That nurse went off at 7. When she went off, she said to me, Oh, my, 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 I'm glad this night's over. I never thought he'd ever make it. At 8 o'clock, doctor came. The moment he listened to his heart or chest, he said to the nurse, Get the stretcher. We'll take him next rave. And he turned to me and said, Well, this man's come out of it. He's out of shock. He's come out of it. You know, he said to me, he might make it now. <laughs> well, thank God to make a long story short, he did make it. He did make it. Now, I was out in the hall uh, in a, praying in a whisper. You know, you couldn't pray in a hospital very loud, especially at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, when he came back to church, well, he testified, and he said, uh, I never told him how I prayed or anything. Never told a soul, not even my wife. And he said, uh, you know, folks, he said, don't ever feel sorry for people who are Christians who die. And he said, the last thing I remember, I was falling. I never remember hitting down in this machinery. Next thing I know, I woke up in the hospital. Now, he said, of course, they tell me it's several days. It seemed to me like it just a few minutes, but it was several days. I was unconscious. But he said, when I did wake up, I never did hurt any. I never had any pain. I was all right. He said, I, I, I actually just sort of had a big time. <laughs> Amen. He said, it was, it was most amazing. Now, he said, while I was unconscious, the only thing I can remember happened, and uh, he said, I, I, I must have died because he said, I, I remember I went up and went up to heaven, and I saw the angels. I heard them sing, oh, such singing as you've never heard. And he said, I, I saw the saints robed in white. I stood among them. And I saw Jesus. He came to me. And I was just about to fall down before him and tell him how much I loved him, appreciated him. And he pointed his finger to him and said, you're going to have to go back. And he said, I said, I don't want to go back. He said, again, he pointed his finger to me and said, you're going to have to go back. And I said, I don't want to go back. And said, he said the third time, you're going to have to go back to the earth. And I said, the third time, I don't want to go back to there. And said, he reached around like a person would if he's standing by a window and pulled back a window curtain. And he said, it just seemed like it was a curtain like he pulled back. And said, when he pulled that back, said, I heard Brother Hagin say, Lord, I'm not going to let him die. I'm not going to let him die. And said, he said, see, you'll have to go back. Brother Hagin won't let you come in. <laughs> I've always believed we have more authority than we think we have. Are you hearing me? Amen. That's true. That's true. Praise God. And so he said, next thing, then I woke up in the hospital. Well, praise the Lord. Now, you see, I, that's exactly the way I did. Just, just I, I, I stood before the throne and pled my case like a lawyer. Praise God. I thank God we can. We have scripture Amen. for it. Put me in remembrance. Put me in remembrance. God said, put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou. Set forth your cause or your case that you may be justified. Well, I remember, see, that was 1947. I remember 1950 then. My uh, father-in-law, I got a call. I was down in San Angelo holding a meeting. My father-in-law, sick. Well, I, uh, I went in. He was operated on. Now, he never asked anybody to pray for his healing. He'd ask me just to pray with him and for him. 
And I prayed with him and prayed for him. And so I remember that, uh, oh, some 20, oh, 19 days after his operation, he's still in the hospital, complications set up and so on. And uh, my mother-in-law stayed with him constantly, but when she saw that he's not going to make it seem like a nervous sort of failure, and she'd never been a nervous person in life, you know, she's older person, but she'd just never been bothered like most women are with nerves. But I think she'd been there night and day, never left. Until when she thought saw that he just isn't going to make it, she just sort of had a nervous collapse. My wife had gone home with her. I was there with him, he was unconscious. And incidentally, the Lord revealed to me exactly what was happening to him physically. And I mentioned that to the doctor, and he looked at me, because there were two doctors, main ones on the case, three all together, and he looked at me in the main and said, how did you know that? Well, I said, just knew it on the inside of him. Well, he said, that's exactly what's happening to him. That's exactly what happened. But he said, a person wouldn't know that if they were trained medically, you know, or words to that extent. I said, well, but I'm glad the Lord knows everything. That anybody else knows and a lot more too, aren't you? <laughs> But anyway, as we stood there, I said, just quietly to myself, there's other people in the room, Lord, do you want me to curse this death and command it to go, and this disease, sickness and, and physical condition command it to be made well? I'll just, uh, I, I think I'll just do it. I believe I'll just do it. And immediately the Lord said to me, no, don't do it. And he began to, you know, notice this text said, he said, let us plead together. Now you talk to him, but he'll talk to you. And the Lord began to plead his case then. He said, now he's 70 years old. He just sort of reversed the order on me. He said, he's 70 years old. And then the Lord said, he's ready to go. Now he hasn't always been ready to go, but he's ready to go. And he's got all of his business fixed up, financially, materially, spiritually, all three of them, everything's ready. And he'll never have a better time to go than now, so you leave him alone and let him go. Immediately I said, well, Lord, all right, I'll do it on one condition and one condition alone. You let him come out of this death and leave a good testimony, and I'll let him go. And I hadn't got those words said. Actually, I didn't speak them aloud, but quietly and softly to myself. Perhaps if one had been standing right by my side, they'd heard. I had, in fact, it worked just as fast as you snapped your finger. The minute I said it, he opened his eyes and looked at me and said, Kenneth? I said, yes, sir, Mr. Rooker. He said, uh, I'm dying. I said, I know it. He said, the sooner the better. I said, I know it. He said, I know what I'm doing now. I I'm at myself. I said, I know it. I remember one of the doctors said after he said, I'd never believe that. Actually, he said, uh, I believe he said, if another doctor had told me, I still wouldn't have believed him. If I hadn't seen him my own eyes, I'd never believed it. The man came out of it. He, he began, he gave me some medical term. He said he wasn't exactly dead and he wasn't exactly alive, but he saw it about halfway in between the two of them. And he said, I've never seen anybody come back when he's out that far. And he said, I wouldn't believe it, I hadn't seen it myself. I believe he said, if another doctor told me, I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe it. Well, we had a great time. 
And that night, he sat up in bed. We got our grandchildren in, even though they were underage, to come in the hospital. The superintendent said, well, sure, just bring them on and bring anybody in you want to. Because he's going in the way, and we all know we don't understand why he hasn't gone. And so we just had a big time. He sat up and laughed and talked to you to thought he's going on a vacation the next day. And he kissed those grandchildren, the only ones he had goodbye with, I'm tears. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. You can find out more from our online bookstore with great materials from Kenneth E. Hagen and Pastor Hagen and the rest of the Hagen family. I'd like to tell you about this month's special radio offer. The first is Kenneth E. Hagen's book entitled Understanding How to Fight the Good Fight of Faith, a Rama classic. Next is Kenneth Hagen's DVD entitled The Anointing Breaks the Chains. And finally, Kenneth E. Hagen's slimline book, Right and Wrong Thinking. All three resources are for the special price of $23.90. That's $7.95 off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G, rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. For you in the Oklahoma City area, don't forget Northwest Expressway. 8921 Northwest Expressway. Bible Church, Oklahoma City. Come on out and be with us on Sunday. Enjoy the weekend and come and enjoy yes. Sunday night, Sunday morning on Sunday night at 6 p.m. That's right. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we'll continue Kenneth E. Hagen's life-changing message. That's next time on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen.